Hello, lovely listeners. This is Hello. Kelsey with Fairy Tale Fix. And Abby. And as you might know, we are on summer vacation. Uh, we are fully embracing hashtag Swamp Witch Summer. We are doing things like <laughs> hiding in algae, conversing mm-hmm. with toads, and just mm-hmm. ge- generally yelling at people who trespass in our space right now. Absolutely. <laughs> as we should to protect our mental health. Exactly. <laughs> So we are releasing a couple of Patreon episodes, and Abby, tell them uh, which episode our patrons picked for our second. Our patrons thought that you should know about and share in the trauma of... There's a story called Thumbikin that Kelsey tells, and then I'm not going to tell you the title of the one that I told her because she didn't know going into it, and neither do you. No and I think spoilers. that's fair. It's <laughs> delightful when you have no idea. I just think it's very generous that our patrons pick this one because it is a very special story. It is a very special story. And it was like our patrons are being very nice to you. So everybody say thank you to the producers. <laughs> and enjoy listening to a delicious buttery demise. Peanut brittle is the best candy. I mean... I feel like chocolate is just such the obvious choice. Don't get me wrong. I like chocolate-covered peanut brittle the most. Oh, yeah. Bonus episode number two. Bonus episode number two. Especially for our Patreons. We are so happy that, you know, we even have Patreons. It's amazing. <laughs> or patrons. Patrons. For our Patreon. <laughs> our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I don't know. I like calling them Patreons because okay. it makes it it makes it sound like there's some ethereal being. <laughs> some kind of fairy creature, which I think is appropriate for this podcast. They pretty much are ethereal creatures. They're my favorite. All six of them (laughs) (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Yes. Which we're so fucking grateful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And you are extra special. So you get the extra bonus episode per month. Mm -hmm. And I know I picked a really fun one. So did I. And Abby told me right before we started that she chose a Russian fairy tale. So <laughs> I did something Russian because it's still winter time. It is January. I really thought that just some good old fashioned Russian stuff was the way to go. You can never go wrong with Russian fairy tales, at least not yet. You really can. There's a short <laughs> synopsis that I'm going to give you of one of the stories in this book. My book of Russian fairy tales, it's called mm-hmm. Russian Fairy Tales. It's a very, you know, evocative, (laughs) uh, imaginative title. But that is what it's called. It's Russian fairy tales, and there's a hundred of them in here. It was collected by Alexander Afanasyev. 
And some of these stories are so terrible. I don't even want to read them on the pod because these values are bad. There's one story called How a Husband Weaned His Wife from Fairy Tales. It's a very short story. There's a, a husband and wife who run an inn together, but the wife won't let any guest stay who won't tell her a story first. I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's more than fair. I feel like that's very also We would be friends with her for sure. Of her? Yes. Yeah. We would be allowed to stay there because we are a treasure trove of great stories. And her husband feels like this costs him business. So one day there's an old man. He says, okay, I'll tell a story, but you can't interrupt me or talk back. And he tells a really, really bad story. And the wife interrupts him, of course, saying, wow, the story is really bad. What kind of story is this? This isn't what we agreed to. And the old man starts (laughs) yelling at her for interrupting him and gets all huffy. And then later... Her husband thrashes her. Oh my God. He thrashes her so badly that she doesn't like stories anymore. Oh my God. I know. Okay. It's a really, it's so fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And not in like a funny, haha, aren't fairy tales wild way. Like that's, that's fucked up in like a straight up domestic abuse way. I feel like I'm nervous laughing. Why is that even in that story? I don't know. How is this a good story, Alexander? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just saying you can go wrong with Russian fairy tales. Some of them are very fucked in this way. And hey, our Patreon's got another. (laughs) You got a twofer today. Yeah. You got an extra. You got a bonus bonus. You got a bonus. (laughs) A bonus bonus. Horrible story. I still actually enjoyed hearing about it, though. So (laughs) not like I I didn't enjoy like the, the ending at all, obviously. I mean, it's never one that I would have... I enjoyed. (laughs) I'm glad. It isn't one that I would have ever asked you to make predictions for because it's just, it's not Would not have predicted that. No. Oh, how I decided to get my wife to stop loving fairy tales so much was to beat it out of her. And I don't understand why you would want your wife to not like fairy tales, why that would be in a fairy tale book. Yeah. (laughs) That's a strange choice. (laughs) I can kind of see maybe how a story like this would have gotten started. As we've discussed before, the telling of folktales is predominantly a woman's area in a lot of these cultures that, uh, you know, stories were mostly told by adult women to pass the time during tedious household tasks. It's like early TV, (laughs) early radio shows. (laughs) What are you supposed to do while you're darning everybody's socks? Not that men don't tell stories. Lots of men tell stories, too. I can see a situation in which somebody's husband is an asshole and really annoyed with all of the fairy tales. It is like, I've got one. Once upon a time, there was a man whose wife loved fairy tales too much and talked about them all the goddamn time. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Is this a story from my husband? No. (laughs) I'm kidding. Adam actually loves it when I tell him the stories. Yeah. I mean, I tell him much shorter versions uh, than in the podcast. And usually much sillier sounding. Um, but yeah, he usually loves it. So yeah, that's so there. <laughs> Adam is not an idiot. He's a reasonable person. Reasonable people enjoy stories and they don't diminish other people's joy. Fun fact, Albert Einstein said, if you want your children to be smarter, read them fairy tales. And if you want them to be even smarter, read them more fairy tales. So stick that quote in your... <laughs> yeah. 
Stick that quote somewhere, Russian husband from this story. Well, uh, what tale did you actually choose? I've been going back and forth mm-hmm. on whether or not I even want to tell you the title. The title absolutely gives away the plot of the story. And I kind of think it might be fun if I just tell you the story without you knowing really what it's about. How do I make predictions this way? <laughs> I don't know. I think <laughs> you do don't are we counting bonus episode predictions towards our actual score no these ones are just for fun we talked about this in the last episode i'm pretty sure i think we did the last bonus episode they're just for fun so since they're just for fun and i think reading you this story will be more fun if you don't know the title okay in a certain kingdom in a certain land there lived an old man and his wife they had a daughter called marusia In their village, it was customary to celebrate the holiday of St. Andrew. The girls would assemble in one house, bake cream puffs, and make merry for a whole week or more. Upon one such occasion, the girls gathered together and baked and cooked whatever was needed. At nightfall, the young men came with pipes and wine, and there was dancing and merriment. Sounds like so much fun. It does sound like a fantastic time. I heard cream puffs, dancing, and wine. Yes. (laughs) I'm into it. It sounds, it sounds like a cool party. <laughs> all the girls danced well, but Marusia, best of all. After some time, a handsome fellow entered the house, a man with a fine complexion, dressed neatly and richly. Good evening, lovely maidens, he said. Good evening, young man, they said. You're welcome to join us. And straight away, he drew a purse full of gold from his pocket, sent for wine, nuts, and gingerbread, and began to treat all the girls and youths. He gave enough to all. And then he danced so beautifully that it was a pleasure to look at him. Best of all, he liked Marusia, and he did not leave her a minute. Sounds nice so far. So nice. So sweet. They dance the night away, and the time comes to go home, and the young man asks Marusia to come and walk a few steps with him, um, which is basically just like they just go outside the house and she walks him down the lane towards his home. And he says, Marusia, my darling, do you want me to marry you? And she says, if you want to take me as your wife, I will marry you gladly. But where are you from? And he says that he's from such and such a place. He says he's a merchant's clerk. And they say goodbye and each go back on their way. And Marusia goes home. Her mother asks her if she had a good time. And Marusia says, yes, I had a wonderful time. And I want to tell you about this really fine young man I met there. He was handsome with a lot of money and he wants to marry me. I know. So sweet. But her mom has some thoughts. Yeah, as they do. (laughs) Her mom is not an idiot. It's not that she doesn't love her daughter, but she does think that sounds a little sus. Fair. You know, after one night dancing. That's the mom's job. That's her job. (laughs) So she says to Marusia, tomorrow, when you go to the girls, take a ball of thread. When you say farewell to him, loop the thread around a button on his clothes and quietly loosen the ball. Then you will learn from this thread where he lives. Smart. Exactly. She's saying, Marusia, good for you. That sounds great. But let's learn a little bit more about this man. Exactly. Find a Where little more live, about this guy. You know, mm-hmm. is he a liar? <laughs> is he a fucking Does he liar? already have a family and children? Yes, you don't want to become like <laughs> the secret family for this person. So go go check it out a little bit. We don't have Facebook mm-hmm. yet. You can't just look up his Twitter and don't see if he has Facebook any horrible yet. opinions. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway. 
So Mar- that is the that is the basic like way to find out if somebody is a a good person is to look at their social media profiles. Yeah, go look at their Twitter and see if they've <laughs> retweeted stuff that's garbage. Look at what they're liking on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Twitter will betray them. I mean, not totally accurate, but I think it will give you some baseline ideas about who's a troll and who's not. Do you think this is like 1800s? This was originally published in 1945, but obviously these stories are mm-hmm. way older. Yeah, it's okay. I'm going to just guess most fairy tales we're reading are like early 1800s. Sometimes 17, but... Well, I mean, I'm thinking probably even earlier. I'm thinking more medieval. Okay. Is the origin for some of them. Some of them not. There are some stories in here that mention like modern day Russian cities and landmarks and other stuff. But some of these are pretty old. But you're right. At least a couple centuries. Well, I want to know what happens. What does she find out with this ball of yarn? The next day, she goes to the party and she takes along the ball of thread And the young man comes again, and they say good evening to each other, and then the merrymaking and the dancing begin, and the young man clung to Marussia even more ardently than before. He did not leave her for an instant. When the time came to go home, he said, "Uh, Marussia, come walk a little way with me. And she went out into the street, began to take farewell of him, and quietly slipped a loop of thread around a button on his clothes. And she does exactly what her mother says. She lets it unroll. And when it's all the way unrolled, she runs to find out where her promised groom lives. Now I want you to make some guesses. Based on what we know about this story so far, (laughs) where do you think he lives and what do you think is going on here? Well, I either think he's, you know, royal and he lives in a palace. Mm -hmm. Or I think he lives in a hobble and he lives with a bunch of trolls or something. I don't think it's he has a secret family, but that would also be really fun. There's <laughs> just so really many fun. things that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess he's secretly like a prince. Secret prince. I like it. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. At first, the thread followed the road, <laughs> and then it stretched across fences and ditches and led Marusia straight to the main gate of the church. Marusia tried the gate, but it was closed. She went around the church, found a ladder, put it under the window, and climbed up to see what was going on inside. Is he dead? Is he a zombie? Peering through the window, her promised groom stood near a coffin and was eating a corpse, for a dead man was then laid out in the church. So is he a vampire? Yes! Oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) And the story is called The Vampire, so I didn't want to tell you. Oh, I love it. So they obviously live where the wild swans. Yes, it's in the it's in the same kingdom as the wild swans. That horrible vampire infestation. Yeah, this is one of the vampires from that infestation that that king was just not dealing with. Oh my gosh, but he was disguising himself as like a regular man. I know, I as a handsome it. young man. Exciting stuff. Go on, go on, tell me more. (laughs) He was eating a corpse. Marusia wanted to jump quietly down from the ladder, but in her fright, she stumbled and made a noise. She ran home in terror, fancying that she was pursued. And when she arrived at home, she was half dead with fright. This is like the fairy tale version of Twilight or like this teen vampire novel. It starts out very Jane Austen and then it becomes a horror movie. That's that's all I want. I love it so much. It's my favorite kind of story. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. 
The next morning, her mother asks her, well, Marusia, did you see that young man? And she says, I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Marusia. But she doesn't tell her mom the whole story. What? Maybe she thinks she won't believe her. Although I feel like uh, people in around this time probably believed in the supernatural a little more mm-hmm. sincerely. I mean, that's just the hottest gossip yeah. ever. It's the hot gossip. <laughs> oh, by the way, my, my new boyfriend's a vampire. It's a vampire. I saw him eating a corpse in the church. Did she just so badly not want her mother to have been right that she didn't tell her? <laughs> that I can relate with. <laughs> No, he's he's totally fine, but he's for great. some reason it's, it's not working out, but he's totally normal. Totally normal. Not a vampire. <laughs> Hard relate, Marusia. Hard relate. Everything's fine. I'm just not into him anymore, but not because of anything you said or... <laughs> Listen to your mothers. At least listen to this mother. Like you can't always trust your the fairy tale mom, but uh, but you definitely can trust this one. This is why the most fairy tales kill off your mom because yeah, otherwise, okay. you know, their advice is too good and they care about you too much. So she doesn't tell her mom all that she saw, and when evening comes, she sits thoughtfully wondering whether or not she's still going to go to this party (laughs) a week long of partying her mom says because her mom doesn't know because she didn't tell her the whole story she says go make merry while you're young her mom is awesome I know I love her mom so Marusia goes to the party and the evil stranger was there and again there were games merriment and dancing the girls did not suspect anything and at the end of the evening the evil spirit said Marusia will you walk a few steps with me and she says nope I'm good <laughs> I'll be right here thanks and all of her <laughs> friends are pressing around her going like what's what's the matter with you he's gorgeous and rich what are you doing <laughs> and so she's she feels that she has no choice but to go so she walks out the door with she him she has a choice i know Marcia, you, girl <laughs> you've always got to just no just say no if you're pressuring your friend into dating somebody that they're giving you like the vibes they're like i don't think so listen to your friend mm-hmm. make excuses for them Absolutely. like i know Marcia, we don't want you to go Oh, Marusia promised she'd walk me home tonight. So mm-hmm. watch out for your friends. Yeah. I've actually had that happen once in a bar. I was talking to some guy I knew, but somebody, uh, like some woman came up to me and she's like, hey, oh my gosh, we're over here now. And she was totally trying to bail me out because she thought I was oh. like in a situation and it was it made me like feel so good. That's so protected. Oh, I, know, I yeah. love drunk my heart, bars. Like, Yes. <laughs> like dr- I- yeah, my heart swelled up and I was just like, no, I'm actually really okay, but thank you. Like, like I know what you're doing. Thank you. But you're so sweet. This is actually a friend of mine, but Yeah. <laughs> but he I is a little creepy, isn't he? But <laughs> I was just about to say, like, I can understand why you get that vibe. <laughs> I'm totally joking. But yeah, it was like it made me feel so good, and I just remembered that. Like, it was so obvious that she was trying to save me mm-hmm. in case I needed it. That complete tipsy stranger is a much better friend than any of Marusia's friends. Uh huh. Already. Yep. They pressure her to go out with him, and so she puts her hope in God and she leaves with him. 
And as soon as they were in the street, the young man asks her, were you in the church last night? She says, Mm. no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what I was doing there? Nope. (gasps) Well, tomorrow your father will die. And having said this, he vanished. Oh, no. Yeah, it's fucked up. (laughs) So he is a real jerk. Yeah, he's a real jerk and a corpse-eating vampire. I mean, if you're a vampire, of course you have to eat a corpse, but you don't have to... Go around killing people's dads. Yeah. Rude. A little over the top. There's a a lot of people that probably be into that vampire stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Except not Marusia. (laughs) And since she's the best dancer in the village, only she will do. He's a vampire bride. So is he still into her? Or now he's just... Okay. Absolutely. This is very typical vampire. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is one of the originals. I love it. This predates all the other shit. Marusia goes home sad and listless, and next morning when she awakes, her father is dead. They Aww. wept over him and put him in a coffin. At night, the mother went to the priest and Marusia remained at home. She felt frightened and decided to join her friends at the party that night. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> Stop going to parties. Nope. When she came, she found the evil one there. Good evening, Marusia. Why are you so sad? The other girls asked her. How can I be merry? My father has died. And everybody's like, oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) We were too busy partying it up. We were too busy partying it up. We were too busy sleeping off the night before. Ah, poor girl. Everyone grieved with her. So did the vampire, just as though it were not his work. Bastard. That's so horrifying of knowing that this is the person that killed your father. And he's... Why isn't she telling everyone that he's a vampire? I don't know. And the book never explains. Marusia. I don't know. She's... Marusia is like, is the very definition of a passive protagonist up until the very end. They all grieve with her. And, you know, the guests begin to leave because, boy, did she... She just brought the whole party down with that whole my father is dead thing. Aww. I know. <laughs> Poor all those people. I feel so sad for them. Their party was champered. Poor young party people. <laughs> Even though they've been partying all week. Yes. Aw. They have to stop because Marcia's dad died or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they're not good friends. No, they're terrible friends. The evil youth says, Marusia, come walk a few steps with me. And again, she's she's like, fuck no, I'm not going to. No, I'm done. I'm not going to do that. And the other girls once again pressure her saying, what are you, a little girl or a woman? Why are you afraid? Walk with him. They're bad friends. Bad, bad friends. So again, she walks out into the street with him. And again, he asks her, were you in the church? She says, no. Did you see what I was doing? She says, no. Well, tomorrow your mother will die. And having said this, he vanishes. No, not Marcy's mother. Her super awesome, incredible mom. And yeah, lo and behold, (sighs) the next morning she awakes to find her mother dead. And all day she wept. And then the sun set. It began to grow dark and she was afraid to stay alone. So she went to join her quote unquote friends a yet another party. They all say, good evening. What's (laughs) the matter with you? You look quite pale. And she says, duh, yesterday my father died and today my mother died. So I'm not feeling great. Thanks, everybody, for knowing important facts (laughs) about me. And it says everyone sympathizes with her. And then the time comes to go home once again. 
and the the usual thing happens. The evil spirit wants to walk out with her. She says no. Her friends pressure her to go. She goes it anyway. And he says, tell me, were you in the church? And again, she answers no. Did you see what I was doing? No. Well, before tomorrow night, you yourself will die. I mean, maybe she should take a different approach and just admit that she's home in the church. It seems like he's kind of angling for something, don't you think? Seems like it. Obviously, he doesn't believe her. Yeah, clearly knows that she was there, and he's just going to keep <laughs> killing her family members and now her. Fairy tale logic. She goes and she spends the night with her friends, and in the morning, she gets up and wonders what to do. She suddenly recalls that, oh, yeah, I have a grandmother who is very, very old and has been blind for many years. And she decides to go to her grandmother and ask her advice. <laughs> She's like, good, I can kill her too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't expose more of your family members to... She goes to visit her grandmother and her grandmother goes, how does God favor you? How are your father and mother? Because I guess nobody told grandma that oh, one of her kids awkward. is dead. They are dead, grandmother. And she recounted everything that had happened to her. And the old woman listens and says, oh, you poor girl, not poor me. Ostensibly, one of your parents was a child of mine, and I should be very sad to hear that they're dead. But that's not my focus right now. Go quickly to the priest and ask him to see that when you die, a hole is dug under the door sill, and that you are carried from your house, not through the door, but through that hole. And also ask him to bury you at the crossroads. Okay. Okay. So Marusia goes to the priest and tells him everything that her grandmother had told her to ask for. Uh, she buys herself a coffin, goes home, lays herself in the coffin, and dies at once. The priest was called, and he buries her exactly as she directed. Shortly after, the son of a boyar happened to drive by Marusia's grave. A boyar, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right, is a member of the old aristocracy of Russia. It's one rank down from a prince, so it's a duke. He beheld a wondrous little flower growing on that grave, a flower such as he had never seen. He asks his servant to go dig up the flower with its root, and he wants to take it home, put it in a pot, and let it blossom in his house. And they do exactly that. The flower begins to grow and blossom gloriously on his windowsill. One night... The servant somehow could not sleep. He looked out of the window and saw a miracle. The flower suddenly began to sway, fell to the ground, and turned into a lovely maiden. The flower was pretty, but the maiden still prettier. She went through the rooms, got herself food and wine, ate and drank, struck the floor, turned again into a flower, ascended to the window, and sat on the branch. <laughs> okay so that's happening <laughs> so is that marusia yeah it's marusia yeah okay who's living her probably much better life as a flower <laughs> maiden who just wakes up in the middle of the night helps herself to food and wine and then turns back into a flower sounds good to me living her best flower self <laughs> the next day the servant told the baron about the miracle that he'd seen that night ah brother why did you not rouse me tonight we will both keep watch says the boyar's son at the stroke of 12, the flower began to stir. It flew from place to place, then it fell to the floor, and the lovely maiden appeared. She got herself food and drink and sat down to sup. The boyar's son ran to her, took her by her white hands, and led her into his room. He could not feast his eyes enough upon her beauty. Mm. Hopefully, everything that happened in that room was Totally consensual. Nice. Yep. <laughs> and... The fairy tale makes no mention either way. 
In the morning, he said to his father and mother, give me leave to marry. I have found a bride for myself. And his parents say, yeah, okay. Marusia says, I will marry you on only one condition, that for four years, we do not go to church. Hmm. And he agrees. They get married. They live together for one year, then a second, and then they have a son in that year. And one day, visitors come to them, and they made merry, drank, and began to boast of their wives. One said that his wife was good. The other said his wife was better. Well, say as you will, said the host. My wife is better than anyone's. His guests say, (laughs) she's pretty good. She's a nice lady you got there. But she is an infidel, just BT dubs. Oh, shit. (laughs) And her husband goes, why do you say that? As if he has never been raised in this culture and doesn't know exactly what they mean. But they they said, well, she never goes to church. Because as we all know, not going to church is a sign that you are an infidel and a bad person. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Which means (laughs) I (laughs) am an infidel and a terrible, terrible human being. Yep. Same. I haven't set foot in a church in... 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) I do me. That bothers him though, huh? It does. It does bother him. It didn't bother him before, but it bothers him now that his friends have said it should bother him. Okay. Which I mean, you know, relatable. I think we've all done that. So suddenly he's feeling really self-conscious about the fact that his family never goes to church. I also like how he doesn't go to church either, you know? Yeah, but they're not calling him an infidel. Yeah, but they're not calling him an infidel, just her. The following Sunday, he orders his wife to get dressed to go to mass. And she protests, but he says, don't contradict me. Get ready without delay. She's like, okay. She found that a little hot. (laughs) I I think maybe she, bit of a sub energy with Marusia. That's definitely true. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets ready to go. They go to church. The husband went in and saw nothing, but she saw the vampire sitting on the windowsill. Aha, so you are here, he said. Do you remember what happened long ago? Were you in the church last night? She says, no. Did you see what I was doing there? No. Well, tomorrow, both your husband and your son will die. (sighs) She's so frustrating. I know. Marusia rushed straight from the church to her grandmother. The old woman gave her one file of holy water and another of the water of life and instructed her to do what she was to do. Next day, Marusia's husband and her son died. The vampire flew to her and asked, tell me, were you in the church? She says, I was. And did you see what I was doing? You were devouring a corpse. When she had said this, she sprinkled him with holy water and he turned into dust. Then she sprinkled her husband and her son with the water of life and they breathed at once. From that time on, they never knew distress nor separation and they all lived together long and happily. The end. Awesome. Good. Finally. (laughs) I know. Marusia. She's driving me a little crazy. (laughs) She absolutely drives me bonkers. That is, as it happens, my fix for the story, which is... Tell everyone that he's a vampire. Or at least that the text of the story would give you a couple more reasons for why she wasn't doing it. Yeah. Or why she kept telling him no. Oh, no, I totally didn't see you, even though she obviously super did. Probably just fear. I feel like I'm being a little victim blamey right now. Yeah, that's, that's true. We both are. <laughs> but it's so frustrating. It's, I want her to just tell everyone he's a vampire. Uh-huh. 
And then have the whole village after him. Or to have gone to her grandmother first, because if it was as easy as throwing holy water on him and her grandmother mm-hmm. has it, the instant you see a vampire, you like, I mean, come on, Marusia, mm-hmm. vampires 101, go to a priest. <laughs> vampires 101. <laughs> so that's my fix. Definitely would not have predicted that. Nope. <laughs> ever without, unless I had heard the title. <laughs> but the title gives away that there's a vampire. Yes, it does. Definitely. Also, I want her mother to survive, obviously. Yeah, at least tell your mom because she's the one that suggested she do that in the first place. Yes, yes. Tell your mom. Even if you don't tell any of your friends. I mean, because also her friends are shitty, so it doesn't seem like they'd believe her anyway. Yeah. So, But at least tell your mom because she seems smart. She had questions already, so she would probably have believed Marusia. Yeah. I did just look up Alexander Afanasyev, who was the folklorist who compiled these. Um, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. There's actually more like 600 crammed into this anthology. The table of contents is three pages long. And they're of varying lengths, and the text is very small. Also, just uh, some fun notes about Slavic vampires. They're a little bit different than... They're a little bit different than like the the Dracula model. Mm-hmm. Some of the more common causes of vampirism include being a magician or being an immoral person, like someone that was excommunicated from the church or had improper burial rituals or an unnatural or untimely death. A lot of times, like if you committed suicide, then people would assume that you would rise as a vampire. If an animal jumped or a bird flew over a corpse, you might become a vampire. In southern (laughs) Russia, people who were known to talk to themselves were believed to be at risk of becoming vampires. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Slavic vampires are able to appear as butterflies, uh, which echoes an even earlier belief of the butterfly symbolizing a departed soul. Which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And some traditions speak of living vampires or people with two souls as a kind of witch capable of leaving its body and engaging in harmful and vampiric activity while sleeping. Like you can astral project your evil spirit. The final note that I'll mention, there's there's a long Slavic vampire section in the uh, Mm -hmm. Wikipedia page about vampires, (laughs) (laughs) about vampire folklore. But the other other thing that I think is kind of interesting is that... uh, Slavic vampires, especially throughout most of Russia, are really unique in that their uh, vampires still have a lot of the same features as the other Slavic vampires that I've mentioned, but they don't drink blood and they don't have a name that's actually in common with the Slavic root for vampire. So it's kind of a separate creature, but it does eat corpses. And it usually is an undead creature that was buried improperly or some of or one of the other causes, but they don't, uh, they don't mm-hmm. drink blood. Yeah, I've noticed that in both the fairy tales that have vampires, which we have two now, mm-hmm. they aren't drinking blood, they're eating corpses. Yep. Interesting. I'm excited to read more fairy tales with vampires in them. Me too. <laughs> and excited to do a deeper dive into other vampire lore, because honestly, I didn't know mm-hmm. much about any other kind of vampire besides the sort of more traditional, I want to suck yeah. your blood version. <laughs> so let's do your story. Yeah, I'm really excited to tell you this story. I got my story from East of the Sun, West of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. As Bjornsson and Mo. 
Aspianson and Mo, that's right. Um, translation by George Webb Desant. Uh, and this story is called Thumbikin. 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 That's nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually Googled Thumbikin okay. to see if I could find any history on the story. And I really couldn't. But what I did find was that Thumbikins are instruments of torture for compressing the thumb. <laughs> and if you... Uh, Google search like images. Yes, okay. Thumb again. It does look awful. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the story, though. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> a torture device. <laughs> I had a really hard time. Oh, I hate that. This is like a thumb screw. When medieval torturers threaten people in their dungeons with thumb screws, they're talking about this shit. <laughs> I mean, that has absolutely nothing to do with the story. It doesn't? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was funny and I wanted to mention it. Because my brain, like, like Thumbikin, I was like, oh, Thumbelina. But that's not this. Uh, but you're closer thinking Thumbelina. Thank God. I'm just going to give you that hint. Okay. But I do want some predictions from you. Okay, you do want predictions. Okay, so... It has nothing to do with thumbscrews, which I'm really grateful to hear. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> this is a very what the fuck fairy tale, Woo! though. It's all over the place, and it's very fun. Okay. So. All right. Very fun, all over the place. What the fuck? Um, okay. Maybe, maybe not very fun, but I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So you you said closer to Thumbelina. Uh, then this story will have fairies in it. Okay. Can I predict that or do you want me to get more specific? Nah, you can predict that. The main character is named Thumbikin. Okay. And Thumbikin is a man. Is that your third prediction or part of the second one? That's part of the second one, I guess. I'm only giving you a thumbs up. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) You're a monster. (laughs) Um, And he has to go under the hill to accomplish his goal. That's my third prediction. I like it. Okay. Lay it on me. Tell me how wrong I am. Once upon a time, there was a woman who had an only son. He was no taller than your thumb, so they called him Thumbikin. Yay! I'm right twice. <laughs> I'm right once. <laughs> your second prediction was correct. Just in time for me to get no points for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> when he had become old enough to know from right and wrong, his mother told him to go out and get a bride. And when Thumbikin heard this, he was very glad indeed. So they prepared to set off, and his mother put him into her bosom. <laughs> She's just... Mm, okay. That's why I have my thumb up. Like, can you imagine, like, having somebody in your life that's no taller than your thumb? That's a very small person. Yeah. I would be very afraid of crushing this person. Imagine how worried you would be as a mother. Mm-hmm. So maybe putting him in her bosoms is, you know, the safest possible place for him. Well, they set off toward a palace where there was such an awfully big princess, they're hoping that it'll they'll hit it off. <laughs> I mean, what, sure. But that's, yeah, okay. that's all they say about the princess, and that she's awfully big. So I love that tiny Thumbikin and maybe this giant princess are going to hook up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but when they had gone a bit of the way, Thumbikin was lost, and his mother looked for him and cried after him, but she could not. How? He was in her bosoms. She was worried. She hunted for him and she searched for him and called out for him and she wept. 
pip pip said them again here i am oh my god is that that's like exactly what butterball said (laughs) (laughs) it is from the same book yep and he had hidden himself in the horse's mane so he came out and promised his mother that he wouldn't hide again but after a few more hours of traveling Thumbikin became lost once more, and his mother hunted for him, and she called for him, but she could not find him, so she wept. Pip, pip, why, here I am now, said Thumbikin. What a jerk. Coming out of the horse's ear. (laughs) He had to give his word again that he wouldn't hide from his mother, but they had scarce driven a bit farther before he was gone again. He couldn't help it. Because he was a little shit. (laughs) I mean, honestly, there's technically no fairies in this story. I'm just going to tell you right now. But he kind of sounds like one. I mean, he sounds puckish, you know, in that fairy way. I'm getting major fey vibes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He's a little monster. Once again, the mother hunted. The mother called out for Thumbikin. But gone he was and gone he would stay. So his mother wept. Pip, pip, here I am then, said Thumbikin once more. But this time, his mother couldn't make out where he was at all. And he kept saying, Pip, here I am. And he was chuckling and laughing, and she could not find him. And all at once, the horse snorted, and out came Thumbikin, for he had crept into the nostrils of the horse. Oh, my God. I hate this kid. Also, he's really daring because I because he's he's the size of your thumb. So if he falls uh-huh. off the horse, he dead. <laughs> I don't know. Is it like where you're small and you're in? Okay, this is a good question for somebody who's into physics. Okay, like if you drop a bug, you know how they do, they seem to like just kind of bounce back. Is that because it doesn't? They have more aerodynamics or something. <laughs> Maybe they don't fall as hard. Oh, pop, like I guess gravity isn't pulling them down as hard. Yeah, something like that. But sure, tweet okay. at us at Deal Fix Five. I'm very interested in the physics of this. So then his mother took him and put him into a bag because she knew no other way, for she saw well enough he couldn't help hiding himself. When they came to the palace, the match was soon made, for the princess thought him a pretty little chap, and it wasn't long before the wedding came on, too, which is super cute. That is super cute. That's precious. Giant princess. I mean, I'm just imagining an average-sized woman who's maybe a little tall, and because anybody compared to the size of a thumb is, like, huge. Yeah. Everyone's a giant to that person. (laughs) Now, they were going to sit down to the wedding feast, and Thumbikin sat at the table by the princess's side. But he had worse than no seat, for when she was to eat, he couldn't reach up to the table, and so if the princess hadn't helped him up onto it, he wouldn't have gotten a bit to eat. Now, it went good and well so long as he had to eat off the plate, but as soon as there came out a bowl of porridge, he couldn't reach up to it. Uh Uh-huh. So he worked and found his way to climb up the bowl and sits on the lip of the bowl. And there was a pat of butter melting in the middle that he could not reach. So he went on and took his seat at the edge of the melting butter. Oh, my God. Okay. But just then, who should come but the princess with a great spoonful of porridge to dip in the butter? And alas, she went too near Thumbikin and tipped him over 
So he fell <gasps> head over ears and was drowned in the melted butter. <laughs> the end. Oh my God. It <laughs> <laughs> was a very short <laughs> and horrifying. I love, I love how that ends. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but what a way to go. Drowning in butter. Drowning in butter. That's my dream. <laughs> that is how I want to die. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just imagining him like getting into the porridge to get to the butter though. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I had so much anxiety about like how they were getting to the palace that it didn't occur to me that he would just straight up die at the palace. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that. Wow. (laughs) So it was a very, very short. You got one point. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One bonus episode point. One bonus episode That doesn't count for anything. It doesn't matter. How would you fix that? My fix for this would just be that the princess discovered her husband in the pad of melting butter and pulled him out, Mm -hmm. saving him from a delicious buttery demise. Yeah. Poor Thumbikin. It ended so abruptly, and yeah. I felt so, so poorly for Thumbikin. I feel like Thumbikin and the princess deserved more adventures together before she ate him. I feel like it. I feel like in a couple of years, once she's gotten complacent about her tiny husband, that she forgets mm-hmm. to keep an eye on him. <laughs> yeah, like not so soon after. Mm-hmm. Maybe after a few more adventures. I feel like if you're that small, you're gonna go on some adventures. Yeah. Also, have you seen Honey? I Shrunk the Kids. Because <laughs> that's an amazing movie. It is. That's a fantastic movie. But, I mean, but also like maybe they should have found like some tiny, some tiny bowls and utensils. For this yeah. guy, they should have like you know those like tiny kitchen videos that you see sometimes on on. Uh, <laughs> I love around. Those I love them where they like bake tiny, tiny bread. Kitchen? They should just they should yep. make sure that Thumbikin has tiny bread, <laughs> tiny butter. Maybe that's why I loved this story and- so much was because I love a tiny kitchen mm-hmm. and tiny tiny food, or when people make tiny clay things. Yeah, ah. Poor Thumbelina. I will read Thumbelina someday. If if only he had met Thumbelina. They would have been perfect together. He did marry a princess, though. I want to know why a regular son yeah. went to marry a princess. Didn't she have a better option? No offense she to Thumbelina. He sounds delightful. <laughs> but do princesses really just go about marrying commoners? I'm imagining Not her really her father probably fainting all over the place. <laughs> just fainting everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just fainting dead away god i love the iron stove that was such a, <laughs> that was a fun one. this princess has the same dramatic father from the iron stove she's a full she she's a sibling. many daughters and they all made terrible decisions. they all made terrible life choices and in this case this one accidentally ate her husband oh no well she doesn't eat him oh she accidentally drowns him in butter that's right <laughs> The ending, wow, oh my God. I wasn't, because I also, I wasn't seeing that coming at all. I thought that like the whole scene with like him on the horse was to showcase like how clever (laughs) and tricksy he is. So I thought there was going to be a bit more of a plot with like them having to trick the princess into marrying him. Right? 
I feel like that would be my other fix is just that there's more to the story. Yeah. Like, how did he get to marry a princess? Like, let's get that story. Screaming. Just. <laughs> it was a good one, that right? That was amazing. I read it and I was laughing a lot. That was so, <laughs> so surprising. I actually read it while I was eating some waffles mm-hmm. with lots of melted butter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and just imagining your tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being a Patreon for Fairy Tale Fix. If you haven't already, please remember to leave us a review on Apple or Stitcher as it helps other people find the show. Or, you know, you could also just tell all of your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, make sure to also send us your own fun tales, personal anecdotes, and your favorite fairy tale inspired art. Or literally send us anything to info at fairytalefixpod.com because we just love to hear from you. Thank you again so much for listening. And Marusia told her mother about the vampire, and together they hatched a plan to ask grandma for holy water. Before anyone could die. And the princess discovered her husband in the pat of melting butter and pulled him out, saving him from a delicious buttery demise. And they 